On the Riabu podcast today, we're tackling the issue of bankruptcies. Singapore announcing simplified ways to go bust. The pump priming that the government has done over the last couple of months to pay for wages, to subsidize rents and so on, is slowly being wound down with the last payment being just a couple of months away. Meantime, as those payments are being wound down, what's being wound up is a lot of companies. And so presumably that's where the uh, so-called IRDA, Insolvency Restructuring and Dissolution Act, really comes into play. It's designed to simplify companies going bust. And Simon Littlewood and I are here to talk a little bit about that and at what point you do actually pull the plug. Uh, Simon, I commend you to read the full statement on the Ministry of Law website because that's really ground zero for all of the ins and outs of this new scheme. But in general, for governments all around the world, is it a good idea to let companies go bust more easily? Well, we've talked, haven't we, ever since the beginning of the COVID crisis of the fact that this was a bit of a catastrophe for many SMEs who are often undercapitalized. We looked at data, if you recall, in March or April, which showed that a significant percentage of SMEs had no more than one or two months working capital. Mm -hmm. So what kept, them, what kept them going is what you call the, the pump priming. And if you recall, over the period of the last eight months, that's been between 25 and 75% of your gross salary bill, depending on which sector you operate in. The final part of that, which was just announced, is 10% of your rolling salary bill over a six-month period. That clearly is the final part of this. It's kind of an easing off of the pump it's prime. For, for companies that were getting 75%, it's a significant reduction, but they're bigger companies mostly. For smaller companies, it's a reduction from 25 to 10%. So it's, it's the final bit of money. Now, we, we always said that once the money, government money stopped flowing in, businesses that were significantly damaged in terms of their ability to generate revenue or sustain their business for whatever reason, um, are, are inevitably going to be insolvent. Zombie companies, so yeah. that term uh, came about, didn't it? Yeah, and we, and we, you know, whilst being sympathetic to them, the, you know, the standard view of that, for, for good reasons, is that you need to clear out the deadwood as quickly and efficiently as you can in order to get the economy back on its feet. And one of the problems is that Singapore has a fairly... Why, actually? Why, why can't we continue to support these companies so that they can, without the pain of I mean, quite apart from the emotional distress that entrepreneurs feel when their baby goes bust, so to speak, but also the, the economic pain when there is simply no more hope of... So, so it's self-selecting. Once, once it's announced that the support will come to an end, companies are going to look very hard at what their prospects are. They've no longer got the incentive of keeping going to take the incentive, because remember that was one of the reasons, was to provide people with The government's income. giving me money, why yeah. should I quit now? Yeah. So it's going to force that. And uh, what that does is that enables people to put a limit to their liabilities and quickly to move on to the next thing, except that it isn't quick. Traditionally, bankruptcy rules here, as they are in the UK from which they were inherited, uh, are quite complicated and they involve court judgments. They take months and months and months and they require, for example, that 75% of your creditors agree on whatever you offer them, right? Which is um, incredibly complicated because if you have, you might have hundreds of, even an SME could have hundreds of creditors and they've all got to agree to the penny to settle for what you offer, you know. All of that's being simplified. The need to involve the court has been t taken away. So you're looking at the opportunity to create some kind of amicable settlement with a smaller percentage of your creditors, um, much faster. Which means that companies that can structure a deal and carry on can do so, and companies that need to let go and wind up can do so. 
but faster. Um, it, it, I like it because it's once again it speaks to the foresight and the meticulous planning that the Singapore government is, is renowned for. It says, right, we know that if we stop handing out money, a lot of these, a lot of these zombie companies are going to cease to be op operational. Mm. So we need to make sure that they can wound up as quickly as possible. It's not uncommon for companies that are insolvent in Singapore to still be going through winding up two years, three years later. Uh, you know, um, so this will sig significantly simplify that. What if you're the business owner and you're presented with this idea, simplified insolvency program, and you think, well, you know, among the assets that I have on my balance sheet is a whole bunch of receivables. Part of the reason why I am having to wind up is simply because that some of my customers haven't paid. If they get wind of the fact that I'm going to wind up, maybe they'll not pay at all. Well, or that's exactly the right question to be asking, or to phrase it in another way, since the last payment under the final support scheme is not until March next year, and after all we are now, that's still five months away, right? More or less. Then what can I do between now and then to see whether I can stave this off? And the answer is, among other things, to focus very hard on my balance sheet. You know? um, maybe there hasn't been that much of an incentive because I've been getting as much as 75% of my gross uh, salary costs paid into my bank account every month, so I've been able to keep the thing going, but now I need to focus on that. So now is absolutely the time to look ahead, see what your revenue expectations are. If you haven't already done so, scale back. Because remember, you, you're keeping people on because they're being paid for. Yes, so you not because you need them. Well, or, or a, maybe bit a bit of both bit. maybe, but, but the thing is now with that expectation clearly in front of you that you're not gonna have that money, you need to decide, am I in or am I out? If, can I survive if I do? Uh, if, if I cut to the bone, reduce staff to whatever's required just to complete operating the company, what, cu what customers can I hang on to and maybe have a conversation with your customers? And then I think you might want to be doing a lot of deals around the um, reducing or diminishing balance approach to receivables, which says, because I know you depend on supplies from me to keep going, Mr. Customer, remember this is aimed at B2C companies mostly, um, I will ensure that you continue to get supplies from me, but it has to be on a diminishing balance basis. So if you owe me $10,000 this month and you want to buy $2,000 worth of product from me, you have to give me $3,000. In other words, the amount, the amount that's going to be owed by you to me has to go down every month. Hmm. I'm not going to pursue you for each invoice, but I want to see it diminishing. So it's very hard for both parties to lay in a deal like that when they don't know what the end game is. But if you know that you're coming out of lockdown, you're going to be able to start going back to normal. You can say, right, there it stops. We can build them up. So it becomes much easier for both parties to see what an exit might be. Yeah. Right. So how does that work in practice? Uh, help me to visualize it. You, so in, let's say you have that $10,000 yeah, yeah. worth of outstanding invoices. Um, and you have spoken to the customer. The customer, for whatever reason, hasn't paid you, but is still buying from you. Or, or wants to buy from you. Or wants to buy from you. So that's, I guess, the precondition. That precondition is the that customers. they have a business, that you supply yeah. them with something that they need to continue to operate their business. It would be B2C. Let's say you're selling them stock to sell, or you're selling them an ingredient for a product. Or it's not in your interest to completely stop supply, because then they just go belly up. Because then they've got no product, they can't sell anything, you've got no cash coming in. So they go insolvent, leaving you with a debt of $10,000. So rather than do that, you say, let's do a deal. I want to be paid out in full within one year or 18 months. Mm -hmm. Typically, you aim for one year. So that's the end game that you're talking that's about? The end game is that. Yeah, the end game is you end up back at a reasonable, reasonably equitable deal where receivables are current again. 
But in the meantime, you continue to supply on the basis that each month what they owe you in aggregate goes down slightly. How slightly, uh, how much flexibility you want to offer is really down to your relationship, your confidence in the customer. Yeah. Yes, and you, you call this the diminishing returns. Diminishing no. balance. Diminishing balance. Yeah, right. there, are, there are lots of names for it, but it's a, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very classic and very sensible way uh, to look at receivables. Yeah? You know, people don't think of it in a binary way. You pay me or don't pay me. Well, no, that's not really very good because when you've got to a situation where your customer, for whatever reason, depends on you to keep his business going, then forcing him to stop by not providing him with product is hardly in your interest. Right? So <laughs> Cutting off your nose to spite your face, as yes, it were. But on the other hand, you don't want him to be owing you more money next month than he does this month. So diminishing balance. Yeah. Yes. And so you said also that you're not going to chase for every individual invoice. So you're expecting them to make a blanket payment off that mountain. That well, that's the way that I would do it, yes. I mean, I, you know, um, how you mm. reconcile that is really up to you. But until you get down to a, a, a decent state, um, then it makes sense to just agree a, a blanket payment, yeah. So it would be, you know, a formula might be cover the cost of the new stuff that, you're, that you want to be, so in, in effect you're demanding that what they buy in future is on cash terms, because you're saying, I'll want a payment for the new stuff, plus as a minimum I want a 3, 5, 7, 10, 12, 15% uh, payment towards what's already outstanding and that how much latitude you offer there is a fun function of how much you like them, how much you trust them, how much risk you perceive them as being in because mm. you know if, if you were if you're selling to a manufacturing company that takes supplies from multiple suppliers for this to operate effectively they're going to have to be able to strike deals with other suppliers as well it's no good if you provide them with ingredient a if ingredients b to z uh, <laughs> cannot be bought because they still can't make whatever it is they're making yes. so it's, it's just good money after bad so you'll want to talk to them and you'll want to get your salesman to go there and we've talked about this look at look at what's going on and make sure that they are still in business um, and and work on that basis but you know we've always talked about intimacy and and goodwill. You can't do this kind of thing effectively, or to put it another way, to do this kind of thing effectively, it's much better if you have a good close relationship with your customer, either directly if you're a sole proprietor in a small business, or through the proxy of your commercial people, your sales force. So they're there, they're with the customer, they know the customer's issues, they understand what the risks are, and you can make an informed judgment on whether or not you support this customer. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, and one further thought, because you know, it's Pareto, we always talk about Pareto, you know, 80% of your receivables and 80% of your value is going to be with 20% of your customers. Those are the ones that you absolutely want to preserve. So if it comes right down to it, those are the ones you want to focus on doing a deal with. Keep them going because that's the core of your future profitability. And by showing that you're concerned for their future, and we've talked about this before, you establish what is sometimes known as a moment of truth, which is at the moment that they are in, because the, the subsidies for them has stopped as well, right? Mm. So, so they're thinking, oh crikey, uh, you know, everyone's <laughs> kind of, ah. Uh, so, um, so what you do, you say, oh, I understand, I understand the situation you're in. I'm gonna support you because I want you to be successful in future and we care about you. They'll remember that, mm. they'll remember that. And this is, so this is very important. You're, you're laying a very important foundation for a future trading relationship, yeah? Mm. Even in a time when you're wondering yourself how you're going to survive. Well, you know, what, what friends, friends who are friends in, in good times, you know, yes. to a penny. Uh, friends, <laughs> the friends who support you when, when you're beaten and bloody by the side of the road, the, the good Samaritan, <laughs> yes. uh, those, those are the ones worth hanging on to. Right? A friend in need is a friend indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are going to, like you are considering, okay, the last of the government payouts, wherever you're listening to us in the, in the world, 
the last of uh, the government payouts in the country that I live in is going to run out. In the US, they already have, as we saw. P provided, of course, COVID doesn't come back with a vengeance, so. Yes. Yeah. Okay, another story. But, yeah. but you know, if, if the government subsidy in your country is starting to run out, you're considering uh, winding up, whether it is in Singapore under this new simplified insolvency program, which uh, kicks in on, on or around the 2nd of November, or any other country. Should you tell your customer that you're planning to wind up? Or should you keep that a secret, just in case they use that as the reason not to pay their most out Well, it makes overwhelming invoices. sense to get what cash in from your customers that you could get. Um, but you shouldn't lie to them. Because trading, uh, trading while insolvent is against the law in many yeah, countries. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very flexible notion. Yes. You know, because <laughs> if you actually apply that in its strictest interpretation, many, many companies constantly trade whilst insolvent all the time. If, you're, if you push your suppliers out to four months whilst getting, you know, um, in order to maintain solvency, you know, um, and that gets worse and worse and worse, you, you could argue because the, the, the strict definition is if you lack, if you trade not having the money available to meet all your, um, all your commitments. Well, you don't, and lots of companies don't. Lots of companies have to, uh, have to be very selective about who they pay and when they pay them simply in order to survive. You know? yes. Strict interpretation says that you're insolvent. Um, and of course at Riabu, our job is to help you be the, the one who's got your invoice on top of the must pay pile. Yes, there are a range of things that you can do to bring that customer close to you. We've talked about that at a, a fairly low definition, you know, high level. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, but all of those things boil down to some very specific actions in terms, in terms of how you bring that customer closer, understand their situation, triage the customers that are going to make it from the ones that aren't, and strike a deal with those customers for whom you foresee a future relationship. Yeah? Yes. So back to my question. Should you tell the customer, look, just letting you know, we're applying for the simplified insolvency program, or we're applying, or we're, we're thinking about winding up. Because that's the signal to the customer to say, oh great, because when this company's wound up, I don't need to pay my most recent invoices. Well, uh, my advice would I'll be no. I'll just go to another supplier. My advice would be no, but you, you, know, you can't lie. Um, but it makes overwhelming sense to try and clean up your receivables as much as you can before you go down that road. Indeed, turning your receivables into cash might be, might, might well be the difference between having to do that and not having to do that. Um, we've talked about that before. Lots of companies have become over-reliant on borrowing and have allowed receivables to get out of control. You know, now is the yes. time, if ever there was one, to start taking that seriously. If, if, it's, if it's of the essence, that is, if, you can't, if that's the only place you can get cash, you might think about some pretty serious discounting. If it's life or death, and you're owed a lot of money by customer, then never mind diminishing balance. You know, you want to get in what you can, right? So, so you've got to look at your own situation, yeah? Yes. Um, By the way, uh, in case you're listening to Simon and you keep hearing him say, we've talked about that, it's because we've actually talked about that in other podcasts. Yeah. So look out in the series where we cover a range of these topics uh, um, from, from a variety of different angles. To conclude then, Simon, um, let's say you then decide, okay, well, the simplified insolvency program is the easy way out. There's always that ripcord that I can pull. But... Let me just have another look at those receivables. Yes. Well, uh, here are the things you should be doing now. You know uh, when the government support's going to end. You know how, exactly how much you're going to get. So one, look at your future 
sales? What customers are you likely to be able to retain and what are they likely to buy from you? And talk to them about it. See how, because they'll be looking at the same situation as you and they'll be planning their own ramp up, yeah? Uh, so, so demand. On the cost and working capital side, if, that's a, if that demand is significantly below what it's been historically, which is very likely, and if you've been hanging on to team members who, strictly speaking, aren't needed, then this is the time to be making those sad but necessary decisions to actually skin your costs way back, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then finally, on the receivables front... An unfortunate term, yes. Well, but, you know, skin them back. Well, yes. on, the, on, the, on, the, on the receivables <laughs> front, you know, try and regularise things as much as you possibly can. So do deals where you can, work on the diminishing balance principles with customers you want to keep. Um, with other customers, uh, try, and, try and strike deals if you can. Um, uh, and uh, each one requires a delicate touch and an understanding touch because that works far better than taking dramatic action or presenting people with fait accompli. Yes. We wish, both Simon and I, wish you the best of luck in maintaining your business post the government uh, pump priming. If you have stories of your own as to how you got your customers to pay, thereby staving off the inevitable staring down the abyss, staving off bankruptcy, why don't you share that story with us at service at riabu.com.